0: Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency that helps our clients get more leads and sales through their website. And that's what this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. I've got a very special treat for you this week as I'm joined by Sam Lyon from Exposure Ninja. Now, Sam's one of our content marketing ninjas, and she is awesome. So we talk about all things content marketing, how to get your business published in some of the most incredible publications on earth, some of the most popular uh, publications. Sam talks us through her process. Um, She's been working on some fantastic uh, projects, and she takes us behind the scenes of those and also helps you to kind of get to grips with the content marketing publishing process. And if you're thinking about getting your business more publicity and promotion in different publications, whether it's for links or just to get featured in front of your target audience, then you can use the process that Sam runs through to do that. Don't forget, if you need some help with your digital marketing, whether it's content marketing, SEO, pay per click, or you need some help with improving the conversion rate of your website, Then the best thing that you can do is head to exposureNinja.com and request a free website and marketing review. One of the ninjas will take a look at your site in lots of detail. They'll spend about 15 minutes putting together a custom video for you showing you areas that you can improve your site's performance, both conversion and also generating more traffic through things like SEO and content marketing. Completely free of charge and it's totally awesome. So go to exposureninja.com and request your review today. But without further ado, enjoy the show with Sam Lyon from Exposure Ninja. Sam, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Tim, thanks for having me.
0: So in this podcast, we go behind the scenes of a particular marketing channel, campaign or strategy that you've used to grow businesses. We'll find out what you did how well it worked, and what you learned in the process ready to lift the curtain. Yep. Awesome. So you're actually a ninja, aren't you? What's your role at Exposure Ninja?
1: So at Exposure Ninja, I'm a content marketing ninja, which basically means that um, I handle all content from metadata to blog writing to um, outreach articles, and on-site copy.
0: Awesome. So For people who don't know what um, some of those things mean, so copy and metadata, you're you're an incredible writer, aren't you? And it's your job to write for websites and both clients' websites and other websites to mention the client, basically. Is that right?
1: That's basically right, yeah, and thank you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what does a typical day look like for you? What are some of the tasks that you're doing day in, day out?
1: The day in, day out, generally speaking, I tend to divide my time between client blogs and outreach. So, when I'm working on client blogs, um, I need to, first of all, research the client and their subject areas and find out what trending in that area, what people are really interested in, and what they're likely to click on when it comes to client blogs. And that is usually guided by things that are happening in the news or, um, keyword research that the SEO ninja provides. And with uh, outreach, it's guided usually by the competition. I'll check to see what the competition is doing and then basically see how we can improve upon it.
0: Awesome. So we're going to drill into all of this and hopefully help listeners to either do some of this for themselves or just get a bit of a, a bit more context around what content marketing actually involves. So Let's start from the beginning. Let's say that you've got a new Exposure Ninja client to work on. What's the absolute first thing that you would do?
1: So I'd always check out their website because some websites have a ver- very particular idea of tone and voice that they use on their website. So we want to make sure we keep that consistent wherever possible. So I check that out, but I also check out the client's core beliefs and values and everything and what they tend to talk about and their subject area. And then I head to Google and type in their keywords and see what comes up. Um, yeah, see what topics are really popular in their area. Um, but also it really helps what I found is to go on Buzzsumo. They've got this brand new, they've got this new content um, thing that basically tells you everything that's related tangently to, the client subject area. So it really helps you think outside the box and branch out from what you would expect. So that tends to bring in even more viewers to your website. Um, so, yeah, I go out and I do some comp- competitor research and find out what all the client's competitors are doing in terms of blog writing and in terms of outreach, uh, what topics they're writing about, and also what publications they're working with. And once I know that, um, I've got some good research, so I can go ahead and improve upon it.
0: Awesome. So when you're looking for trending topics, for example, are you looking at what are, say, news and magazine sites in their spaces talking about at the moment, as well as historically? Like, how do you kind of, how how do you identify what's the current stuff? What's the stuff that people are really going to be keen to publish about?
1: Well, you always have to have a good mix of evergreen content, so content that is pretty much always going to remain the same and content that is um pressing at the time, so time sensitive content, depending on the publication, they will prefer one over the other. So there are certain management um publications that will always want um, that will want uh, articles relating to employee engagement. And although this tends to change from generation to generation for a large chunk of time, it'll remain exactly the same. Um, so,
0: yeah. I've I forgotten what you asked. And, and what about so? The, and that's a great example looking at kind of management publications. So, what might be an example of a trending topic within management so we have a bit of context?
1: Uh, okay, so trending topics in I tend to work specific, I have a spark. I have a client who is a performance management client and every year I write, um, I help them write a blog post about performance management trends. Um, this year it's very much, the focus is on employee wellness. Right. So, um, employees with issues such as anxiety or depression, These are issues that managers are very focused on at the moment. And there's a large, back in the day would have been, it's your issue, you have to deal with it in your own private time. But now there's more of a trend towards um, managers having to sit down and help their employees through this, because obviously it affects their performance and productivity.
0: Got it. So I guess things like mental health is something that it feels like in 2019, we're all super aware of. So that's probably... I guess, like a, a, a big trend, which is we're going to be working across loads of industries. So this could potentially give you angles to work on in all sorts of businesses, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we've identified some of the topics. What about publications? How do you find publications, which would be great to get links from and, and content published on?
1: So there are a few ways. Uh, one way, which I mentioned already is BuzzSumo. If you head over to Buzzsumo and I type in the URLs of my clients' main competitors, we'll find out what outreach they have been doing. So where they're getting their backlinks from, that's always a great way to uh, find publications. Another way is to come up with article titles first and then type them into Google and see what's coming up for those terms. So find out what publications are writing about those areas. So that if they're writing about those areas, they're going to be interested in writing about something very similar.
0: And then, when you find some publications, what are your kind of assessment criteria? How do you know if it's going to be a, a good one to get featured in? And also, how do you know that it's worth outreaching to? Is there, are there kind of some telltale signs which tell you that you have a good chance of getting published here? So, um,
1: criteria for a good website. Unfortunately, a lot of the time with content marketing, it's eyeballing it to see what the design's like. You can't always go by DA is the thing. Mm-hmm. Domain authority isn't always reflective of a good website. Sometimes websites buy backlinks, so they manage to get good domain authority when really it isn't a great website. So what we tend to do in content marketing is look at what they are publishing, look at the articles they're writing, whether, whether they're of good quality, but also whether they're all generally around the same subject area you don't want to pitch to a publication that's too varied mm. you want them to have a focus
0: and i guess that helps the seo as well because they have real topical relevancy it's not just a you know a big broad mess of a whole bunch of stuff
1: yeah exactly and when it comes to actually pitching there's no real way of knowing who is open to content but generally speaking editors are quite friendly and they're receptive to receptive to content. If you get in touch with them and say, we've got this amazing idea from this expert in the field, they're at least going to pay it some attention and they're going to consider it. So it's worth reaching out. And it depends. Sometimes you're better off getting in touch directly through their contact us page, but sometimes it's worth reaching out to them on social media like Twitter.
0: Okay, so how do you find the right person at the publication to contact?
1: Again, that'll vary depending on the publication. Sometimes you, go to store, but you can't really find any email addresses, um, which is very frustrating. So you have to go for a more general info at email address. But a lot of the time, it's, it's a good idea to see who writes about what. And then if there's a specific editor about HR, then you should get in touch with that editor. Or if there's a management editor, you get in touch with them.
0: Okay, and if they don't have an email address on the site, you'll literally just copy and paste their name into Twitter and see if you can find them?
1: (laughs) Well, there's some good tools you can use. There's hunter.io, which is a Chrome extension. And if you install that and go to a particular website, it will crawl the site for you and let you know um, all the email addresses on that particular site. And it'll also tell you uh, what Algorithm the emails usually use so if it's first name dot last name at the domain dot com, um, it's usually pretty reliable. So all you need to do then is find the name of the person you want pitched.
0: Okay, so so we've got the email address or so we've got a contact. How do we get through to that person? Because they've got an email inbox full of crap and they're just trying to, you know, delete as much as they can. So. What are your tips for kind of getting into their consciousness and breaking through that?
1: So the best thing is to have a really eye-catching subject. Um, they could probably get a million email ad- emails a day going, uh, guest pitch idea. So you want to kind of steer clear of that. You want to um, get the idea of your pitch across in as few words as possible, but also make it as exciting and interesting as possible. Also, there are different tips and tricks to use. Like last year, the content marketing team ran an experiment with a particular subject line that, tend, that uh, was quite successful, really. It was a really si- simple subject line. Basically, it's a quick question about X. And <laughs> they edit, it, it seemed to be really popular because the editors knew first it's going to be a really quick email. Mm. So they're going to be able to deal with it and then move on with their day. And B, they want to be helpful, really. <laughs> so... They, and they want to answer questions about their publication, so yeah, um, they t- we tended to get a good response rate from that.
0: That's awesome! I love that. I love that. And and would you always get a response first time, or is this something where you've got to kind of keep going back to people until you break through?
1: You definitely have to keep going back. We recommend at least one follow up email. Um, like you say, a lot of the time editors they're just really busy. They've got a hundred emails to get through. So if you, I've had. Had it happen a lot of times that you email an editor back maybe two weeks after you sent the initial pitch and they reply going, thanks so much for following up on this. I did mean to email you back or I thought I had emailed you back, but I hadn't. So, Mm. yeah, uh, that's really important to do. Maybe once or twice. You don't want to harass them with email after email. You You don't want to be blacklisted. The other thing to remember is to always check your spam folder because one or two of us have had some pretty important emails go into the spam folder.
0: And I'm guessing that the reason why, one of the reasons why you don't want to be blacklisted is obviously it's going to affect future deliverability. But just because they might not be interested in this piece, would you potentially reach out to them in future if there's another piece that you might be interested in getting published?
1: Definitely. I always... I keep going back to a publication generally after a certain amount of time unless they specifically say, please don't email me anymore, (laughs) which has only happened once or twice, generally speaking. Sometimes I even email them back and go, thank you very much for letting me know that this wasn't your taste, but would you mind me getting in touch again? If there's another avenue we can go down, if there's another pitch idea that I think will be more relevant to your audience, and usually they're completely fine with that because they always want a stream of content coming in. It's just possibly the one you pitched them wasn't right at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so say we've got we've had a good response from them and they're interested in in seeing the piece that you've pitched to them. What next? When you sit down and you've got that blank sheet in front of you, how do you even start?
1: Well, the first stage is always uh, uh, research. So I usually dedicate one hour to research because I want to make sure everything is thoroughly thought out. And on top of that, you want to make sure that you are beating whatever competition is out there, whatever content is out there. The idea is to get above all these other pieces of content and provide the reader with everything they will need to know about that subject area. So you're going to need to do a lot of research. Um, So you go to Google, you type in the article title you want to write and you see what comes up. A really useful tool actually is this thing called Keywords Everywhere and you type in your question and along the side, the right hand side, it'll tell you not only the volume for the question you're um, searching for, but it'll also tell you other, art- other questions that you're, the same searchers are searching for, which, will, which is really useful because if you incorporate those questions into your article, you're likely to catch all of these different searchers.
0: Got it. Got it. So you've started researching and you've kind of built up a a, a, a bit of a knowledge about about the topic. Um, what about word counts? Where do you get word counts? Is this from the publication or do you work to your own word count guidelines?
1: Generally speaking, we want to provide articles that are at least eight hundred words plus. Um, it'll always vary depending on the publication. Some publications prefer to have articles on the shorter side, whereas others. Request at least one thousand words per article, so they will usually send you editorial guidelines that you should. It's a really good idea to make sure you stick to the editorial guidelines. Otherwise, they will not only well they they just won't accept your article. It will, you might have just wasted a load of time because you've secured the pitch, you've written the article, but then they say no, sorry, it doesn't fit with what we want, and then you've got to find another home for the article.
0: Damn! All right, cool. So, <laughs> what? So obviously you've got clients that you've been working with for years and you know their areas of expertise. So the the um, performance management client, for example, has, I don't know how long they've been with us, maybe three years, maybe even slightly longer, I'm not sure.
1: I think four years, yeah.
0: So by now you're literally a performance management guru, aren't you? We <laughs> come to you when we've got a question about performance <laughs> management. What about the clients where then much newer. How do you get this level of expertise for for a new business or a business that's new to you?
1: Um, It all pretty much starts out the same way. For example, performance management, I knew nothing about it really when I started, even though I had management modules at university, I almost failed (laughs) every single management module at university. I had no interest in it because it all seemed so abstract. But as soon as I started writing articles about it, you can kind of see how people implement this in their daily lives at work. So, um, yeah, to begin with, everything's going to be entirely new. But then you have to basically ask, think about what people will be asking in that area. And then you read around the topic. And then the more you write uh, write about articles, the more questions you get yourself. So you add that to a list of articles to write about. And then in the end, you have a good general overall knowledge of a particular subject area, and then you can just keep digging and get more in depth.
0: I like that. So by being quite new in the space, it actually gives you an opportunity to, to work out what the questions are that other people that are new in the space, and then you just go and research the answers and write about those.
1: Exactly. And the thing is, it really does help because a lot of editors don't want articles that are too in depth, they want articles that will appeal uh, will appeal to lay people as well. Hmm. So you, as a lay person, have more of an understanding of what it's like to be entirely new to this field. So you can write articles catering to that.
0: Which I guess is one of the reasons when when clients in complex industries come to us and they say, "Well, surely you're not going to be able to write about whatever this particular medical device and You say, well, actually, you know, the reason why your website's not converting is because nobody understands the words on it because they're (laughs) written by you and you've been in this space for like 40 years. So I guess having that fresh pair of eyes really helps sometimes.
1: Definitely. In fact, I've worked with a pharmaceutical client before and they like to write all their content. Um, So it was my job basically just to find homes for these pieces of content, which were They were obviously insanely clever, these people. They knew their subject area through and through. But I would find homes for these articles, send them into the editors, and they'd go, I'm sorry, this is just too complicated. No one's going to understand what they're talking about. (laughs) So then it would be up to us to interpret it and kind of ease the language up a little bit, which is harder than it sounds.
0: Yeah, right. Translation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, maybe you could take us on a bit of a story behind one of your proudest features, one of your proudest pieces.
1: Um, Sure, well, at the moment, actually, I'm really enthusiastic about collaborative articles. So um, from my performance management client recently, I've just worked on this article about four-day work weeks because they're a real trending topic at the moment, in general in the management world, you know, the more flexibility you give people, the happier they are, the more productive, the more engaged. So um, what I did basically was I went to Twitter and I I uh, did a shout out to uh, managers, SEOs, founders, business leaders, and just asked them all uh, their opinions on the four day work week. And they all got back to me with some really interesting ideas. Uh, everyone seems really open to a four day work week. So I really don't understand why we still got the five day one. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so what what I did then was I just uh, collated the information, put it in a way, uh, put it in a way that made sense, um, interspersed it with some management facts and research. And then um, once I had that, we usually do it the other way around. We usually pitch an idea and then get the article written. But out of necessity, we had to do it the other way around for this one. We needed to make sure we had enough information and enough comments in order for it to be a good article. So once we had all that information, I pitched the article and I was lucky enough to get it into Glassdoor, which is a great publication for management. Mm. And then um, that article was republished by Entrepreneur Magazine and got even more attention. So um, all these contributors were quite happy. And the thing about collaborative articles as well is the more people you have quoting in an article the more people you have invested in it so they're going mm. to share it as much as possibly rather as much as possible rather than one person being invested in its success you've got 10 12 people
0: That's awesome. So these people that you've tweeted out they've sent in their tip all of a sudden they're on glassdoor so they're like yes this is cool so then they're sharing that and then it goes to entrepreneur and they're like double yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. It's fantastic because to begin with it's quite it's not a great feeling because they get back to you saying so where's this gonna end up and you you have to tell them I have no idea it might not end up anywhere great so I you know you have the standard thing of we are going to aim high we're going to hope it lands somewhere great so this time it actually ended up somewhere really good so it was a good feeling getting back in touch with them
0: that's fantastic so how much outreach did you have to do how many publications did you reach out to to get Glassdoor to say yes
1: Thankfully, not many. Uh, they were top, top of my list, actually, because I worked with them about three years ago. So I got back in touch with them, which is a great thing. If you keep up your contacts, that's one of the most important things I've learned since being in content marketing, keep good relationships with editors, because it pays off down the line, which are really paid off. It was actually the same lady I spoke to. So
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, good stuff, Sam. I bet the client was stoked about that. I think I was, was <laughs> I featured in that article as well.
1: You
0: were. Yeah. Yes. Double. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Um, all right. I want to ask you about not successes and failures, but, um, easy home runs and, and maybe tricky ones. So are there any examples of businesses that you've taken on or campaigns that you, 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 are, or like angles that, that you wanted to pursue, which you thought this is going to be so good. So easy. We're going to smash it out of the park. And it's been really difficult to get traction with or you just haven't been able to get published.
1: Well, one of the angles that I was actually most excited about since starting at Explosion Ninja was, I keep going back to this performance management client, but it was for them.
0: Well, you've worked with and them was, for so many years. That's fair yeah, enough. No, I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was a blog post. I had an idea for this blog post. I, I just wanted to do something really creative for them. So, um, the blog post was all about how to be a super manager. So (laughs) I um, got a load load of examples from comic books and cartoons and films about about super villains and superheroes and what they did right, what they did wrong in their management style. Um, So I spent ages writing this up. Um, Someone else at Exposure Ninja designed this amazing infographic and we were all extremely proud about it. So we published it on the client's website thinking it would explode and unfortunately (laughs) nothing much came of it. I even tried um, posting the infographic on um, other management websites. I don't know what it is about it, maybe management types are quite serious, (laughs) they take their content very seriously. So seeing this cartoonish type of infographic didn't appeal to them. But um, I wouldn't say it was a total failure because the client loved it, they loved the the blog post. Yeah. And it, it hasn't done badly. It just didn't do it halfway as well as I thought it I thought it would be really shareable content.
0: What about the other way around? Is there any angle that maybe a client's asked you to pursue or that you've picked out or you've started working with a business? You're like, I don't know how I'm going to get these guys any coverage, but actually it's been amazing.
1: Um, well, to be honest, there's a lot of clients that we work on that we do think initially, how are we going to write <laughs> anything for these clients? You know, they seem to initially have quite dry subject areas. Um, and I, t- I t- tell my friends and family about them and they're like, how are you ever going to do content with these people? The very first client I ever had actually was a, um, oven cleaning business based in Nottingham.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I see those vans driving around. Yeah.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they were the nicest client possibly that i've ever had they were fantastic um but i thought i would have nothing to write about for them but then you know it's interesting the areas you get into so um i didn't know anything about ovens really apart from your putt food in them. so this is where you start you start uh researching around the area about self-cleaning ovens about environmentally friendly um cleaning options the mm. um yeah, the trends in that area. So yeah, it turned out to be quite, <laughs> quite a diverse area, really. Considering quite, it was quite a small client, really. The only thing is, yeah, yeah, they, you develop really great relationships with the smaller clients as well. Like I remember calling the client up every now and then because you had to urge him along <laughs> to get things published, to get things approved.
0: And Okay, that leads me on to a a great kind of final question. So if a business is working with an agency or a content marketer, and they want to maximize the amount of articles that they're getting published, what are some of the things that they can do to help you succeed? I'm guessing from your previous answer, giving approvals?
1: (laughs) It's always great if they can give approvals within 48 hours, because you don't want to keep editors waiting around. If you've got, if you send out pictures, and you get uh, good responses from them. You want to get the articles written up, approved, and sent back as soon as possible within a reasonable time frame. Um, other things they can do that really help out is keep you updated on any trends in their subject area that they're really passionate about or they would like you to explore. And on top of that, any publications they are really passionate about. Hmm.
0: Basically talk to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Sam, thank you so much. It's been super interesting.
1: Thanks so much, Tim.